Good afternoon. Tonight's uh, scripture reading is found on page 296 of the Pew Bibles that are right in front of you. If you need a Pew Bible and you would like one, please take it home as a gift from us to you. We're reading Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 22 on page 296. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteousness, for the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bruce. So we are continuing our sermon series in Proverbs today. Uh, This is our third week, and uh, we're looking at chapter 2. Next week we'll be in chapter 3. And our our series is called Everyday Wisdom. It's about kind of bringing God's wisdom, his direction for our life, into our everyday life, uh, Monday through Sunday. So let me pray, and then we will begin. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you offer us wisdom, guidance for life. Help us to hear and uh, accept and and utilize whatever wisdom you want to give us here tonight. Uh, Would we hear from you through your word? Uh, We love your son, Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Now, I assume that most of us have had someone try to sell us something. 
right? So you've ever encountered a salesperson. I think someone came to our door this week and tried to sell a vacuum cleaner, uh, and I, their, their approach was to then kind of bring the vacuum in and just vacuum some section of the floor, and we said, no thanks. Uh, but usually the typical pattern, right, if we had, if we had let that happen, uh, you know, they would have come in and, and then vacuumed the floor. They probably would have dumped like a whole bunch of the... the um, like dirt on the floor? Have you, seen, have you had them do that where they like dump stuff on your floor? They make your floor dirty and then they vacuum it. They're like, oh, your floor is filthy. We're going to vacuum it for you. Uh, and then they vacuum it and it's beautiful and wonderful. But then they tell you the price, right? Then they say, oh, like look, you're hooked now for only four payments of $999. You can have this miracle vacuum. So first the, the, uh, the benefit, everything you get, and then the price tag. And that's typically what happens with uh, some sales. And I am not saying sales is bad. So if there's any salesmen or women in this room, uh, awesome. But our passage takes a different approach tonight. Our, our passage talks about wisdom and it says, it says first how to get wisdom. So it, it kind of shows you the price tag up front. And then it says, here are all the benefits of receiving wisdom. Here are all the benefits of getting wisdom. And so I am excited to look at this passage with you tonight. And we're going to jump in. We're going to look at first how to get wisdom. Now, wisdom, we can define it as skill for living. Skill for living. But not just living anyway. Not living my way or kind of the way that just says, I'll just do whatever I want. But living God's way living the way God designed us to live in this world. And so we can pray for wisdom, we can ask God for wisdom, and as we encounter it in the book of Proverbs, we see a father talking to his son because he wants to offer him wisdom. Now, this is a father figure. It could easily be a mother giving wisdom to her daughter, so it's, it's inclusive. We're all uh, able to hear and gather something from this passage tonight, but in the Proverbs, it's a, it's a father giving wisdom to his son, and he talks about four different ways the son can get wisdom, but they're not like four separate ways, like choose your own adventure, choose your own path. They're like, choose all of these. Do all of these things and you will get wisdom. So I want to read the first five verses again. So if you would uh, look at your Bible or look at your, at your Bible app and read along with me. But verse 1 says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and you cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So the first way to get wisdom we encounter in verse 1, and that's belief in God's word, belief in the scriptures, belief in the Bible. The father figure says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, now, the, the guy who wrote much of Proverbs, not all of it, but uh, who helped uh, kind of begin the process is a man named Solomon. He was a famous king. Uh, and so perhaps he's talking to his son. Perhaps he's creating a father figure. But when I think he is writing here, I don't think he's just talking about the, the father's words. I think he's talking about all of the words that we encounter in the Bible. So my son, if you accept my words, God's words, the Bible's words, the, the scripture's words, the, the Hebrew scriptures, if you, if you accept my words and my commands. This word for commands is the Hebrew word mitzvah, 
And throughout the Old Testament, when you encounter that word in other places, sometimes it's referring to God's laws, God's commands, the, the Torah, the, 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 the Hebrew scriptures. So it's like the father figure is saying to his son, my son, if you want wisdom, if you want wisdom, believe in God's word. And we, of course, years and years later, we have not just the Old Testament, we also have the New Testament. And so the call to us is to believe in all of God's word, to believe in the scriptures. Now, each of us has an opportunity in our lives. We, we reach a point where we have to figure out, like, what is going to ground us in our lives? What is the foundation of my life going to be? How am I going to make decisions? And maybe some of you have never thought about this or you've thought about this a lot and you're still not decided. But we all have to to decide. How am I going to make decisions? How am I going to guide my life? What am I going to base my life on? And here we find an invitation that if you want wisdom, if you want to live life the right way, base your life on God's words. Base your life on the scriptures. Base your life on the Bible. Because if, if the Bible is really like God's words, and God knows everything, right? He knows past, he knows present, he knows future, he knows right, he knows wrong. If, if these are really God's words and you base your life on them, then your life is going to head a, a positive direction. That doesn't mean everything will go easy or good for you, but it does mean that you'll have a firm foundation and you won't have to be wondering, like, am I, am I on quicksand my, am I walking through like stormy waters? Where, where am I? Well, you don't have to be afraid because you'll know that you have a firm foundation. And what's the other option? Right? The other option is to say, no, I'm going to choose my foundation. I'm going to say what is true and what's not. I'm going to decide or I'm going to listen to kind of what the world has to say, what kind of the popular culture, popular media has to say about reality and how to base our lives. And if there's one thing I know about myself and our world is that we are prone to changing our minds. And we do it all the time. Like, eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. Coffee is good for you. Coffee is bad for you. Uh, drink more milk. Don't drink milk. Drink, drink soy milk. Don't drink soy milk. Drink almond milk. We get all these different messages, and those are like the silly ones. There's serious ones out there, too. Don't get divorced, like marriage is where it's at. Get a divorce if it makes you happy. Well, actually, some studies have been done, and actually it turns out that divorce is bad for families. So which one is it? And if we were basing our lives on God's word this entire time, there would be a more nuanced, trusting position so that we could navigate our our marriages and and our entire life on something a little bit more firm than the opinion of the day. We need a firm foundation. We need to trust and to believe in God's word because God's word offers us a pathway that we can trust, a place that we can go and that we know that we're heading the right direction. So we can think of lots of issues, right? You can think of lots of issues over the last 10, 20, 30 years where where maybe you thought one thing and now you think something completely different. Or maybe our world said, believe this, and now they say, believe that. Well, how do you know what's right? How do you know what's true? You gotta come to something that, that, is, that, that is stable and trustworthy no matter 
my opinions, no matter my feelings or the opinions of our day. And we find that in God's word that doesn't change, that's perfect. So first, we get wisdom by believing in God's word. But there are other ways to get wisdom. That's the, kind of like the first step, believe it. <laughs> and then what's next? Well, the second one is as you believe it, then what should you do with it? Well, you should memorize it. Hide it in your heart, store it up. Our passage actually says, store up my commands within you. Maybe some of you have gone through times where you stored up things. Do do any of you remember uh, Y2K? All right, kids. (laughs) Some of you don't know what Y2K is. So there was this belief uh, back in the late 90s that when uh, our clocks in our computers changed from December 31st to January 1st, so December 31st, 1999, to January 1st, 2000, that like there was going to be this meltdown, and our computers were going to crash, and there was going to be a financial uh, crisis, and there was going to be food shortages, and all sorts of apocalyptic things were going to happen because our computers weren't like ready for that. I think in the end, like a blockbuster video had like a a thousand year rental and that's all I heard about on the news. It didn't turn out to be so bad. Uh, But what people did, and uh, including my family actually as well, is we stored up things, right? We stored up, stored up canned food and dried food and some water and maybe maybe, uh, some sources of light, batteries. You're acting on the information you had, not a bad idea. Our family stored up a whole bunch of peach drink, like powdered peach drink. (laughs) And when the the apocalypse did not happen, we had our peach drink for months and years after that. And it tasted good, sort of. But you store up, right? You store up in in order to avert a disaster, in order to be ready. And so God invites us to store up his word. Because we don't, know, we don't know what today is going to bring. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what's going to happen next. God says, store up my words so that I can get through, through those storms, but also so I can help you navigate life. Because life doesn't just happen on a Saturday afternoon at church. Life happens outside of these walls. So how can we store up God's word to to help us make decisions and follow him in the everyday and live life his way instead of our own way. So we want to store up. We want to memorize God's word. And we try to do that here at Cornerstone. So we did a foundation verse earlier in the service. Uh, that foundation verse is found in your bulletin. So you can actually like, cut that out of your bulletin and take it home and put it on your mirror or put it in your Bible or a favorite book and try to memorize that uh, and try to meditate on it and really think about what it's trying to say. And then as you encounter other scripture verses that you like as you're reading, you can, you can highlight those or write those down in your journal and try, try to reflect on them and try to memorize them as well. And you can get someone to help you memorize. But we want to store up God's word. We want to hide it deep in our hearts so that when things happen, we're, we're going to know the, the right steps to, to take. So second, we get wisdom by memorizing God's word, but there's more ways to do it. And the third is by acceptance of God's word word. This is a little different than belief, but acceptance of God's word. Verse 2 says to turn our ears to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding. Turn your ears to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding. Do you ever get in in a disagreement with someone and either they or you say, like, you're not listening 
to me. <laughs> now, does that mean that like, they're actually not listening to you? I mean, that, that could be true. Like, they could be like, having their, their Walkman in. Half of you know what a Walkman is. Uh, your, 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 uh, your ear pods, is that what they're called these days? Air, earbuds? Sorry. <laughs> I don't own any, uh, just uh, headphones, there you go. Uh, when you put those in, right, you, it could be happening, or you could be thinking about your response, so you're not really listening, or you could be thinking about like, something else. But chances are you're not agreeing with them. Like, I'm hearing you, but I'm not agreeing with you. The Bible says, don't just listen, agree. Don't just listen to God's words, you want to think it over. I'm not saying like blind obedience, but at the end of the day, we want to submit ourselves to God's word because God knows best. We don't want God's word to go like in one ear and out the other. <laughs> we want God's word to go in the ear, through the mind, down deep into the heart, and then out into our actions. We want, to, we want it to change the way we live, change the way we interact and treat other people. Like when I, when I preach, when I think about the sermon passage and I, and I think about the scripture, I don't want to get up here and just give a, a, a presentation. That's not my goal. My goal is not to just give a presentation. My, my goal is to experience and encounter God's word and to let it change me. And then as it's changing me, I want to share that with you. So I was convicted this week, man, I need to start memorizing scripture a little bit more. Like I'm not sure the foundation verse is enough. I want to dive deeper. I was convicted by that. I'm starting with just focusing on the foundation verse. But it was challenging me. And so how can God's word challenge you? You don't want to walk out of here and just have spent a, a half hour, you know, listening and maybe laughing and, and singing. You want to, you want to have spent a, a, a half hour to an hour like encountering God and being changed by God. So third, we get wisdom by accepting, by agreeing with God's word. And fourth, we can ask God for it. We can do it through prayer. We can say, God, I need wisdom. This is perhaps the simplest way. Just ask God. Say, God, I need wisdom. Verse 3 says, call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. So if you want wisdom, just pray that you will get wisdom. Now, don't just pray. Like, uh, prayer is good, but also do those other things, right? We want to, we want to both, we both want to spend time praying and talking with God, but we also want to hear from God, and that's where his word comes in, right? That's where the Bible comes in, is we're, we're listening, we're talking, we're listening, we're talking. There's this two-way conversation. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like eggs and bacon. It's like, well, I guess we're in New England, so it's like fish and chips. Like, they go together, prayer and God's word. And so, what do we do? We ask God. James chapter 1, verse 5 says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you pray for one thing every day, and you just pray for God, would you grant me wisdom? <laughs> would you grant like, wisdom to the people I care about? Like, that is a great start. It's wisdom, at the end of the day, is living life God's way. It's knowing God. I've been listening to some teachings on this book by a great professor, uh, Dr. Bruce Waltke, from biblicaltraining.org, if any of you want to check it out. Uh, he talks about 
uh, understanding the Bible, understanding the book of Proverbs. Uh, And one of the points he makes about wisdom is that wisdom is not about just making the right decision. It's not about just making the right choice. It's actually a character quality, right? Wisdom is an attribute of God. It's part of who God is. He's wise. And so when we pray for wisdom, we're not saying, God, just help me, help me do the right thing. You're saying, God, help me be the right person. God, don't just help me like, make good decisions. I want that. That's included. But I want to I be the kind of person that makes good decisions. I want to be the kind of person that, that honors you, that seeks you, that wants to know you. You've ever heard that expression, like it's dangerous to pray for humility, right? Because God will humble you, something terrible will happen. I don't know if I feel great about saying that, but uh, pray for wisdom, and you're, you're praying that God would transform and mold you and change you into a person that reflects his character and goodness. That's just as dangerous. But the results are really good. You end up a little bit more like God's character. Pray for wisdom. So there's four ways that we encountered that the Proverbs encourages us to get wisdom. This is the cost. <laughs> this is the price tag. First, belief in God's word. Memorization of God's word. Acceptance of God's word. Asking God for it in prayer. And I want to encourage all of us to think about how we can begin to do these things regularly in our life if we're not already doing it. If we are doing it, great Keep up the good work. Chances are we can all, all, all take a step of seeking God's wisdom a little bit more in our lives. So now we, now we know that we know the cost, but what's the, what's the reward? <laughs> right? we, want the, we want the super like, awesome vacuum cleaner that can clean up any mess in my house. So what are the benefits of wisdom? So the point of doing these things is not just doing them for the sake of themselves, not just going through the motions. That's what we call religion. (laughs) Religion is when you just go through the motions for the sake of the motions themselves. No, we are seeking something else. (laughs) You ever see those old MasterCard commercials? So I'm like really in the past these days. Uh, So sorry, kids, but I'll try to explain these MasterCard commercials for you. A man, so this is, this is one I watched this week. A man and a woman walk into a gas station, and the gas station attendant is ringing them up. And he, he says their purchases as he rings it up. He says, chips, $3. Frozen beverage, $2. Gas, $31. Starting a new life together, Priceless. But then the woman in the, in the commercial shakes her head. She's like, no, we're not starting a new life together. And so the gas attendant tries again. Rekindling a fire that never went out, she shakes her head again. Satisfying a much-needed slushy fix. Priceless, right? <laughs> that's, that's the key. And she nods her head, and then they go out. The idea of these, these commercials, these advertisements, was that it was like, okay, so you're, you're paying for these things, but the idea is that you want this other thing. You're not really paying for those things. You're paying for this, this, this extra benefit that you can't put a price on. It was pretty good commercials, pretty good marketing. But there is something that is actually priceless that we are going through the process of seeking wisdom for. 
There is something that is eternally valuable. And you will never, ever regret in a million years if you pay this price, if you seek wisdom, because the reward, the priceless benefit of wisdom is God. It's God himself. It's knowing God. Verse 5 says, if we seek wisdom, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This isn't just like I know about something. <laughs> I know about God. Like this isn't I'm pursuing wisdom, so I'm, I'm finding a whole bunch of awesome trivia about God. This is actually knowing God, being in a relationship with God. We can think of all sorts of things that we know about in our life. Like you know about a famous celebrity or, or famous sports star. You know about Tom Cruise or Tom Brady. But do they know you? Like, do you actually know them? Well, no, you don't. And there's one way to test this out. If I were to walk up to Tom Cruise or Tom Brady and say, your name, how would they respond? They say, oh yeah, I know him or I know her. They're great. <laughs> or they say, who? Take it one step further. If I were to walk up to God himself, to say your name. But God say, I know him. I know her. Or would he say, who? We want to know God. We want to be in relationship with God. We don't want this to be a, an empty, dry, desert, cracked religion. We want to have a, a living, breathing, eternal relationship with the God who created the universe and who created you, and who created me, and knows each one of us inside and out. And this is a fearsome thing. Our passage today talks about the fear of the Lord. It's as you get to know someone that it gets kind of scary, doesn't it? As you enter into a relationship with someone or get married, it's like the more you know them, the more you're scared that they're really going to know you and they're going to leave you because <laughs> they really know you. Our God knows us. He created us. That's a fearful thing. We live in New England. We live in a, a place in our culture where uh, there is a lot of fear of God in our culture. Some of us come out of Catholicism and that, that fear of God that goes along with that, that, that guilt, that shame. That is not this kind of fear. This kind of fear is different. It's a fear of the Lord that really res respects God for who he is, that takes his, his threats real, that, that, that believes that when he says sin is a serious thing, it really is a serious thing and it must be dealt with. But then also recognizes just how loving and kind our God is and that he didn't leave us without a solution he said sin is real, sin is a problem, sin is brokenness between God and humankind, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix that by sending my son to, to pay the penalty for sins. That's how serious sin is, that, that the son had to lay down his life. He had to die. He had to become a sacrifice because God takes sin seriously. He takes brokenness in our world seriously. But he also takes healing and love and joy 
and restoration just as seriously. Because three days after Christ Jesus died, he rose from the grave. He defeated sin and death. And although those things are fearful, fearsome in some sense, they're not as fearsome as the God who, who, who rose his own son from the grave. And if you put your faith and trust in him and say, you know what, I, I don't want to live my life according to my designs. I want to live my life according to God's designs. And that starts with a recognition of just my own brokenness. We're all doing this together. <laughs> this is a, a whole bunch of people. That's what a church is, just recognizing their brokenness together and putting their trust and faith in Christ Jesus. And if you know Christ, you know God. And that ultimately is what Proverbs is pointing us to, to encounter that fearsome Lord who, who sent his son to pay the penalty for us so that we might live. I don't know about you, but I want to know God. I don't want to go through religious motions. I want to know him. I want to be known by him. I want him to say my name, and I want him to say your name. Proverbs 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And at the end of the day, this means that, that knowing God is actually both something we seek, but it's also a gift. It's a gift from God himself. So if that's you tonight, if, you are, if you're interested, if even a part of you is interested in knowing God, but you don't feel like you're there yet, then just shoot up a small prayer that says, God, if you're real, if this, this God of these scriptures is real, would you reveal yourself to me? And then begin to read his words. Begin to study these words. Come study them with me or with a friend or a family member. Come encounter the priceless God, the priceless creator, the priceless Lord. There are so many benefits to, to, to wisdom, and the first and the most important one is just knowing God himself. But there's more. Verses 7 and 8 say this, He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. See, God's wisdom, one of the benefits of it is also protection. And I don't mean protection from natural disasters or bad things that sometimes happen in this life. I mean protection from yourself. <laughs> That's what wisdom does. It molds us. So we're more likely to not do those things that lead us into disaster. God's wisdom protects us from what? From committing uh, injustice. Verses 9 through 11, although I'm not going to read them, I will read verse 9. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Wisdom helps us not commit injustice against our fellow people. As we understand what is good and true and fair. Not just what favors me and my own, but what is actually just even if it costs me something, even if it reduces my position of privilege. God's protection. God protects us from wicked men or wicked, wicked women that loved sin, that loved to disobey God. We talked last week about those who take advantage of others for their own gain. Proverbs warns us of these kinds of people. 
God grants us through wisdom, he grants us a character that isn't drawn to those kinds of people, that still loves them and cares about them and wants them to know God, but isn't seeking their affirmation to be a part of their group. Wisdom protects us from unfaithful women or men who break their marriage promise. Verses 16 through 19 talk about uh, a woman who, who breaks her promise, uh, the covenant she made before God, the covenant of her youth. It's breaking the marriage vows through, um, through adultery. God protects us from that through wisdom. And so there's, there's knowing God himself, but then you see, like, as you begin to know God, there are benefits for your life. God protects you from things. This doesn't mean that God's always going to protect you from everything. But as we, as we seek wisdom, we begin, begin to, to know God, and it begins to protect us. And then there's one more benefit, a forever home with God. Verse 21 says this. It says, for the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. This is a kind of an interesting promise, actually. So this is written first to the Israelite people, right? If, if they obey God, if they seek God, they will live in the land of Israel. But there is also a promise for us, I think, in here. There's a promise to you and me because we're, we're not going to receive that benefit. We're receiving a far different benefit, but a far better one. The benefit of knowing God, the benefit of protection, but also the benefit of an eternal home. Hebrews talks about like kind of heroes of our faith and says that they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Maybe some of you are here tonight and you are longing for a better country. You are longing for a heavenly home. Well, God put that longing deep in your heart because actually you're longing for God. You're longing to just spend time with him. To, you're longing for that brokenness to be made, made whole again, that brokenness between you and God. God promises us that as we pursue wisdom, as we pursue himself, he will give us that forever home. Last Saturday, a team from Cornerstone, we spent the day uh, working at Habitat for Humanity uh, in Lowell. We helped build a home. Uh, we had, uh, there were two families. I think we, we worked mostly in one uh, family's unit, uh, but we spent most of the day, I think, installing trim in the bedrooms. Like everyone else was installing trim in the bedrooms, and I was digging a hole in the basement. Uh, I volunteered for that, uh, but that's what happened. <laughs> we were getting to help bless this family in Lowell. Uh, and as part of the deal for Habitat for Humanity, the homeowners themselves have to put in about 400 hours of work on their own homes. So they get a great deal. It's a, it's a much less costly home, but it still costs something. <laughs> there's still some, some money to pay, but there's 400 hours of work that they have to put into the home. It's not easy. It takes effort. Their house is a gift, but it's a gift they help work for. Wisdom is a gift. It's a gift from God, but it's a gift we help work for. Knowing God is a gift. Spending eternity with him is a gift. Protection is a gift, but it's a gift that we receive as we seek it, as we go after it. As we seek wisdom, we seek God himself. We seek a forever home with God. 
Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can know you through your son, Christ Jesus, through your word, through the, the book of Proverbs. We're studying and learning about you. Thank you for everyone that came here tonight. Lord, would we each encounter you? Would we encounter your words this week? Would you begin to grant us wisdom as a church, as families, as fathers and mothers, as individuals, sons, daughters, our missions team, our graduates? Give us all wisdom, Lord. Give us a deeper knowledge of who you are and how you would have us live. Heavenly Father, we need you. We need your words. We need your wisdom. It's in Jesus' name I pray.